This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Well, good morning. Today I'm very, very excited about sharing with you the message today. In fact, I don't know about how many of you can remember maybe your child having its first step or maybe the, the first time they got on a bike or the first time they took a swim, but there's always that space where of excitement when they're taking that first space. And, you know, when today we're going to be talking about our first step in faith. Last week we talked about doubt. All of us deal with doubt. It's not a sin to have doubt. It's a sin to stay there. Okay? And so we don't want to have a sinful mindset. A sinful mindset is, I'm just going to stay in this space of doubt because I just don't think that God's got something better for my life. He absolutely has something better. He has steps. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 4, there are steps of the righteous. There are steps of faith. So the first step we're going to be talking about is acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. Everybody say acknowledgement. In fact, the Lord is telling us, you know, in sharing with us, he wants to be Lord of all. And the only way that God can be Lord of all of your life is that you take these first steps when it comes down to acknowledgement. Now, um, I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to read a passage and it's going to be found in Genesis 24. I know it's not in your study line. So if you get to your smart device or if you can get and look on, I know it won't be on the line here because I didn't have enough sense to tell those guys. Maybe they can get there um, that quick. Um, I believe we're starting with verse 34, if that's a possibility. Guys, I don't know. But the point is, is that we're going to talk about um, Abraham. And we've been using Abraham as the father of faith and helping us understand what faith is from a patriarch who Abraham is. And we're going to go to that in just a minute. But before I get there, I just want to um, share with you on a personal note, because sometimes we lose the space or that first step of understanding. A few weeks ago, um, I, had, I hadn't um, been water skiing. I'd been just too busy with, um, I don't know, just the business and life and everything else. I hadn't water skied in like three years. And uh, I used to, and some of you know, I used to uh, compete doing it. And so I wanted to see if the old man still had it, you know, and I had I bought a ski boat again. I hadn't had a ski boat in a while. And I bought a personal ski boat for myself again. And I wanted to go out there and I took my, went with my son and his, uh, his girlfriend and my wife and I and got the barefoot boom out there. And I, you know, and I wanted to go see if the old man could still do the backwards. And, and anyway, it was a different boat and it was a different situation. And the old man was struggling. Okay, and I just couldn't seem to figure out what was going on, and I thought it's just because I was, you know, older and whatever. It was maybe my technique was off or whatever it was. And what I found out is that the new boat was working against me. And you know, I, you know, a lot of us we want to blame the boat, right? So anyway, but it was. It was actually uh, pushing, and it, it's a better ski boat, but it was a worse barefoot boat. And I had not known that. I didn't research on that part of it. And so I did get up but I have swallowed a whole lot of water in the process. I mean, I drank the lake. I know that the water table went down. So anyway, the point of it is I did a lot of drinking of the water. And if you know that God makes our body a mucus system, and our mucus system is to fight off germs. And so when you go backwards barefoot, you start out backwards, you got your face in the water like this, and you tell the wife to hit the throttle. 
all right? And then you spread your legs and hopefully to God, it comes together all, you know, in one way. And, you know, and so that's, what, that's how you do it. You look it up online, stuff like that. It's kind of crazy and fun. But anyway, the point of it is, is you're getting a lot of water shoved up inside your lungs. And you're trying to breathe out and whatever. Got a lot inside of me. And that's why you've noticed my voice and stuff. Well, what happens is, is all of a sudden this acknowledgement. And the acknowledgement got to the point where I was making room for sickness in my life. My first step was because of what I'd done is I start, started showing symptoms the next day. And right away, instead of going, I'm a child of God, it doesn't matter what goes on, it doesn't matter if I go out there and do crazy things or whatever, I'm a child of God and I need to make my first step that because I'm a child of God, things of this world aren't the same. If, you know what, if Paul can get bit by a viper snake and shove the thing off, throw it back in the fire and not have any symptoms of the sickness, then what the first thing was, he was shaking off. His acknowledgement was, is that, you know, I didn't ask to get bit. I didn't ask to know not how to get up. I didn't ask, you know what, I was just wanting to go over there and see if the old man had it, all right? The point of it is, is my first step started making, making room. My first step was making room for the sickness. And it wasn't until just a couple days ago, I'm in the shower and I've been fighting this thing been fighting mucus and fighting this thing and just you know and going I'm trying to outlast it I'm looking at myself and going this is my fault I shouldn't have done this blah 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 and then I'm going I can do this this is my fault you know the vaseline we'll get to that in a couple weeks but point of it is is I was not staying true to what I believe years and years ago I had dealt with this and I wasn't staying true to what I believe God is in my life I walk by faith and not by sight. I'm, you know, and so what happened was, is I'm in the shower and I'm, I'm still having this mucus thing and all of a sudden it comes over me and God goes, you know, he goes, why don't you ask me to get in your lungs? Because I didn't have any sinuses. I had no sickness here, but I had it all down here. Flim, flim, flim. And then I'm making reason for it. And so just, just, because I got, just because I'm in the water and my body is fighting it, let me just tell you something. God doesn't want me to have what's natural. We, you know, I love the song that Tracy would, we, God wants me to have what's supernatural. And that's what my acknowledgement needs to be, that it's supernatural. And we're going to read that in just a moment in Genesis chapter 24. But before we get there, I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. In all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge and recognize him. Whether I'm backwards barefooting or whether I'm around somebody that's got COVID or whether I'm working over there or if I get in a car accident or whatever the situation, in all my ways, I'll acknowledge the surroundings. Is that what it says? acknowledge him acknowledge your first step isn't it sweet to watch that kid take its first step your first step of faith is always an acknowledgement you're either taking a step toward God's plan in the situation whether he needs to rescue you whether he needs to heal you I remember being in a snowmobile accident going to catapult 100 mile an hour and I'm saying God I'm sorry I'm in the space of air and I shouldn't be doing this my acknowledgement was I'm going to get what I deserve I'm like God I don't want what I deserve right now I want to be saved 
I'm dumb, I've done the wrong thing, I need your help in this moment. My acknowledgement, and God saved me in this path. And he will make your path straight, even if you're a human torpedo. He will make your path straight because you acknowledge him. Now, it doesn't mean you get on your crotch rocket, do 180 miles per hour, and ask God. You know, the Bible also says, do not tempt the Lord thy God. That's just plain ignorant, okay? So if God is not going over there and telling you, if he's telling you don't do it, then don't do it. You will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. He'll remove obstacles that block your way in your marriage. He'll remove obstacles that block your way in your health. He'll remove mucus from you. (laughs) Amen? He He will remove the obstacles that are in your way, but your first step is what? Acknowledging the problem. No, that's not what it says. Acknowledging that you deserve this. Acknowledging your guilt, acknowledging your sorrow, acknowledging your symptoms. Is that what the Bible says? It says acknowledge him. Acknowledge him in it. Father, this is, this is an area, Father, all of us struggle. The world is filling us with knowledge, and we can just put the act in front of it. It's not simple anymore. Every year that passes on, it gets more complicated, more thoughts, more, more just craziness that goes on, more things to acknowledge. And yet, God, you said it very clear that everything that has a name will have to bow to the name of Jesus someday. God, I pray that we do it now in this moment of our life and walk out the path of faith, that we would walk, take our first step away from doubt and our first step into faith, trusting how great you are. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, in uh, Genesis chapter 24, I'm starting with, I believe it's verse 34, and I'm not sure if it's going to be up there on the screen or not. I'm reading from the NLT translation. Um, Abraham is 137 years old. His wife, who was 127, has just died, Sarah. And he's 137 now. And he realizes that his 37-year-old son, Isaac, needs a, needs a wife. Thank God that I found a wife before that. But anyways, all right. So, but anyway, he's at 37 years old. He needs a wife. And Abraham has been given an ultimatum. 600 miles away from where he's currently living is where he came from. That's where, remember we talked about this last week, that God said the first thing that he had asked Abraham to do is leave Haran, leave the place, leave your comfort zone, leave what your dad has for you, leave this space of where you have, what, what you know to be traditionally, what you know is your inheritance, leave this space. I have a new place for you, a new step. And Abraham's first step of acknowledges is to leave where he came from and go to where God wants him to be. He's acknowledging God. Here we are now. He's at 75 years old at that time. So we're at, six, we're at 62 years later. He's still acknowledging what God told him. He's not growing to a space of moving away from it. He's still acknowledging it. And he says, God says, do not, do not go back there. This is, I have a land for you. I have an inheritance for you. And yet here he is 62 years later and God still hasn't given it to him. But he won't let go of the acknowledgement. 
62 years later, to the point where he says, my son cannot go back 600 miles, cannot go back five, but I can't allow my son, I can't allow my son to go back there either because God has called my son the heir to the plan, heir to the design, heir to the acknowledgement of what God says, my son needs to live out what I still haven't received. What I still haven't, what if we as parents were to speak the promises of God and speak them into our children and we never received the promise but we held on to that promise so strong that we said, son, daughter, um, you gotta hold out to this promise. God spoke it into our family. I need you to hold on to it. God's still gonna bring it. God's still going to bring it. 62 years later and God sends Abraham or has Abraham his servant. Now his oldest servant, now I'm, I'm assuming his servant's gotta be in his 60s. His oldest servant, and we pick up in verse 34. I am Abraham's servant, he explained, and the Lord has greatly blessed my master. He has become a wealthy man. The Lord has given him flocks, sheep and goats, herds of cattle, fortune in silver and gold, and many male and female servants, camels and donkeys. When Sarah, my master's wife, was very old, she gave birth to my master's son, and my master has given him everything he owns. And my master made me take an oath. He said, do not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my father's house, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son. But I said to my master, what if I can't find a young woman who's willing to go back with me? You see the, the man who's struggling with acknowledgement? The man who's struggling with belief? But yet God, God begins to still work. Here's Abraham working in his servant, the truth. What if I can't find a young woman who's willing to go back? He responded, the Lord in whose presence I have lived. He responded, the Lord in whose presence I have lived. I pray that I can start doing that with my kids. I pray that my kids see not me, but the presence of God in my life. We'll send his angel with you and we'll make your mission successful. Yes, you must find a wife for my son among my relatives, from my father's family. Then you'll have fulfilled your obligation. But if you go to my relatives and they refuse to let her go with you, you'll be free from my oath. So today when I came to the spring, I prayed this prayer. Oh Lord, God of my master, Abraham, please give me success on this mission. See, I am standing here beside this spring. This is my request. When a young woman comes to draw water, I will say to her, please give me a little drink of water from your jug. If she says yes and have a drink, and I will draw water for your camels too, let her be the one you have selected to be the wife of my master's son. Before I had finished praying in my heart, I saw Rebecca coming out with water and jug in the shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water. So I said to her, please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and said, yes, have a drink and I will water, and I will water your camels too. So I drank and then she watered the camels too. 10 camels, I gotta believe that's a lot of water. Then I asked, whose daughter are you? She replied, I am the daughter of Bethuel and my grandparents are Nahor and Melchah. So I put the ring on his nose and the bracelets on her wrist and then I bowed low and worshiped the Lord. Here's a servant. I pray that my kids do the same thing. Here's a servant who sees God moving and sees the presence of what God's doing. And first thing that they do, they bow and worship God. 
I praise the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, because he had led me straight to my master's niece to be his son's wife. So tell me, will you or won't you show unfailing love and faithfulness to my master? Please tell me yes or no, and then I'll know what to do next. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, the Lord has obviously brought you here. See, the acknowledgement is passing on. The Lord is obviously in this. So there is nothing we can say. Here's Rebecca. Take her and go. And yes, let her be the wife of your master's son as the Lord has directed. Body of Christ, so many, there is a temptation. There is a test that goes on in every single one of our lives. Here's the thing. The voice that's always in our head, don't push your kids. You push them away. Don't talk too much about God. You push them away from God. Don't share too much. Let me just share something with you. Your children need to see the heritage of God inside of your life. It needs to be passed on. In fact, Brendan and I are going to be doing a class on Wednesdays, a parenting class. And the very first thing that this uh, Chip Ingram video series does, it says, what is God doing inside of your child? What does God want to do inside? It's more important than football. It's more important than academics. It's more important than being a, you know, a pro at anything. It's more important than how much money they make. It's more important than career. It's more important. Who is God? And we are, we are here to help God take formation. We're supposed to be Christ-like. The most important thing that your kids can see is Christ inside of your life. And yet there's always this trial. I know it's in my life. Don't brag too much about God. They just, all of a sudden, the kids just seem to like roll their eyes and turn you down, turn you off. That's the exact opposite of what I'm supposed to be doing. Acknowledging God first. Look at your point in your notes. Number one, acknowledging God continually. Altar and confession keeps the lies, the doubt underneath you. Taking that step, making that next step, keeps the doubt. I need to walk away. I know there's doubt in my life. I know that there's areas in my life that there's there's sin in my life. There's areas of mistakes in my life. There's areas of confusion and frustration. There's areas of things that that are in the space of nonsense in my life. But let me just tell you something. If I acknowledge God, he promised, not me, not how smart I am, but he promised that he would what? Direct my steps. Let me tell you something. I can be a liar. I can be full of nonsense. I can be confused. But God is none of them. And all he asked me to do is to acknowledge him. But most of us, all we do is acknowledge the symptoms, acknowledge the problems. Oh, I must be coming down with the, the, the flu. You're, all you're doing is acknowledging the symptoms. I'm not even denying that the symptoms might be there. But let me tell you something. As you acknowledge the symptoms, you're moving toward the symptoms or are you acknowledging that god he can fill your lungs he can strengthen you he can make a man that's a hundred years old bear a child that's our god that's the master of the universe he's the creator of all and many of us acknowledge him in such a small way and then we wonder why god is so small because whatever level of acknowledgement you are with god that's the level of measure god can bring back in your life is God not a big God? I don't believe it at all after you. Is God a big God? Yes. Number two, acknowledging the Lord starts with accepting Jesus as Lord. You know, the Bible says, in fact, write this scripture down. It's not in your notes. Hebrews eleven six. 6. You must believe that God is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The demons believe that God is, you know, that Jesus is Lord. 
They'll even tremble about it. But you know what they won't? They will not acknowledge it. They will not acknowledge the greatness of God. They will not acknowledge the space that God is going to reward. They will not do that. We need to be different. We need to be in the space of acknowledgement. And I'm going to tell you something. COVID has taken that space where everybody's acknowledging COVID. Everybody's acknowledging unemployment. Everybody's acknowledging how many ships are over there in California that can't get in the space. You know, are we going to be able to get any presents this year? I mean, we're all acknowledging the nonsense instead of that God's got this. He's still a God to be trusted. And even in all the craziness, who are we leaning into? The Bible says very clearly, if we acknowledge him, my ship's coming in. I don't know about your ship. My ship's coming in. Because I acknowledge him, not because I'm special, not because I'm pastor, not because I can pray better and everything else. It's because it starts out with, thank you. Every one of us can do this. Why do you think David was a man after God's own heart? The book of Psalms is full of, that's what it's full of. It's full of, even to the point where he looks at it and goes, God, I don't get it, I don't get it, but there you are. I don't get it, I don't get it. Get him, get him, get him, get him, get him. I don't get it, there you are. I mean, that's all it's full of, is that David has to come to the space, even in the midst of his frustration, to acknowledge that God has got it. 1 John 4, 15 through 17, whoever confesses and acknowledges that Jesus is son of, the son of God, God abides in him. How many of you want God to abide in you? Whoever confesses and acknowledges. See, there's a difference when you can acknowledge. I can confess Jesus Lord, but when I acknowledge he's Lord in my life, God, I, don't, I want you, I, don't, I want your path in this. I already know what I, I, I'll lean to. I want you. Number three, abiding in God could be described as retaining the knowledge of God in your heart. I don't know, have you ever had something where you feel like it's being ripped out of you? I've watched people go through divorce. And it pains me to watch it. And I've watched the faith that they had in that relationship be ripped right outside of them. They say that God can make two one, but he never makes one two again. All they are is broke. And that's why God hates divorce. One of the reasons we, he hates. And so this space, what I've, I've watched and seen, and it, can God still work? Can God heal? Can God restore? That's who our God is. All you got to do is acknowledge, even in the pain of your brokenness, you got to just move in that space and move away from the doubt and move back to God. I know that you're still a God of covenant. I know that you're still a God of love. I know that you're still a God of marriage. I know that you're still, you got to just move away because your circumstances can't get louder in your head than God's promises. Your circumstances can't get louder in your head than God's promises. And boy, I'll tell you what, those circumstances, they can get loud, can't they? The lawyers are talking. Your friends are talking. Your workers are talking. And everybody's talking about what you deserve and all your rights and get back and all this stuff. And yet God's word says nothing to do with that. God says, forgive. Allow God to move and heal you of your broke. You should be broke. Why wouldn't you be broke? Why are you trying to hide from that space that's so broke? Why don't you move and say, God, I'm so broke. And then allow God to heal. Acknowledge his restoration. Acknowledge his healing power. And then move in what God has in store. And I've watched God do some amazing things in a second marriage. I've watched God move greatly and moving. Now, is that God's best? I don't believe it was ever God's best first. But let me tell you something. 
God is a God that will restore. And what is he trying to restore? His promises, his design, his plan. And what is man trying to do? Constantly wreck it. Try to do it their way. Abiding in God could be described as retaining the knowledge of God in your heart. I think this is one of the, um, Pastor Chad, if I ever hear somebody, this is probably one of his favorite scriptures. Abiding in God. Verse seven, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart. Does God's truth live in your heart? Does his hope live in your heart? I've watched where people have just been just ripped apart by circumstances, whether it be a doctor's report, whether it be a marital report, whether it be a church or a pastor, what they have done. I've watched people just ripped up. But will God's word remain in your heart? Do not let the enemy take what's so precious inside his truth. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father's glorified and honored by this when you bear much fruit and prove yourself to be my true disciples. Number four. What happens when you do not acknowledge God? Well, we've already talked about, that's the first step. But what happens when you don't? Romans 1, verse 28, gives us a clear path to people that know better, yet don't want, they, they get all about what, what I want. This is not what, this is what I want. Romans 1, 28. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God or consider him worth knowing, as their creator, God gave them over to a depraved mind. Have you ever wondered why the world just go, man, what? I mean, what's right, what's really true and right is wrong for them. And what's truly wrong they think is right. It all started out because they didn't, say it with me, what's my favorite word today? It's all because they didn't acknowledge God. That's where it all started. Don't get mad at them because it's really simple. They refuse to acknowledge God. Their first step toward truth, your first step toward anything righteous is always in the space of acknowledgement. So your first step toward untruth is gonna be a false acknowledgement. They did not consider him worth knowing as their creator. God gave them over to a depraved mind to do things which are improper and repulsive until they were filled, permeated, saturated with every kind of unrighteous, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, and mean spirit. I don't even want to even read any further. Do you? The point of it is it all became, started because they wouldn't Within knowledge. Come on, can we say this with some? They wouldn't. You, because let me tell you something. This is going to change your life. If you allow, you say, "Well, I want to be a person of faith." Well, then what you're really saying is, "Is I want to be a person that always, thank you, acknowledges." And what new thing do you need to be starting acknowledging? If if when you if your prayer life is, um, I thank God that He forgave me in my sins. Beautiful acknowledgement. And then I'll say, "Well, what else?" Um, I thank God that. He forgave me of my sins. Well, what else? Well, I thank God that he died on the cross for my, my sins. Is that all God's done? I mean, I think that's wonderful. That's a beautiful space. Thank God for the cross. I acknowledge that. But God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He wants to touch your marriage. He wants to touch your kids. He wants to touch your grandkids. He wants to touch your finances. He wants to touch your health. He wants to touch your care, the, your workplace. He wants to touch so many spaces. If I acknowledge him just because my sins are forgiven, 
then I'm gonna have that path straight. But if I acknowledge him in my finances, God can go over there and do his work in my finances. If I acknowledge him in my health, he can do his work in my health. If I acknowledge him in my marriage, he can do his work in my marriage. If I acknowledge him in my love life, he can do, he can do his work in my love life. If I acknowledge him in all those spaces, wherever I don't, he won't. Because the Bible says that I'm, I'm literally, he says, look, if you don't acknowledge me, I'm going to give you over to the way the world does it. And you get frustrated and say, well, you, you, you could even ask God, please fix this, please fix this. And God goes, I already told you your first step, and that is to acknowledge. Your first step isn't to ask. Your first step is to acknowledge. And so many of us aren't receiving, and I believe that we should ask. But after you ask, say, God, give me the strength to take the next step after I acknowledge you are my first step. Number five, if you do not acknowledge Jesus, Lord, you will eventually. Every single thing that has a name will have to bow to the name of Jesus. Cancer will bow to the name of Jesus. Why not bow now? COVID will have to bow to the name of Jesus. Why not bow now? Separation, divorce will have to bow to the name of Jesus. Why not now? Hate, malice will have to bow to the name of Jesus. Murder, all of these things that have will have to bow to the name of Jesus. Philippians 2.10 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and underneath and every tongue declare that Jesus is Lord to the glory and God the Father. Number six, we're almost done. Acknowledgement is stepping out with your words. It isn't enough to just say it inside of you. Well, God knows what's in my heart. You must confess it outside of you. This is something that God expects in every one of you. Well, God knows what's inside. I've heard people, Christians say, well, God knows what's in my heart. Why do I even need to pray? I don't know. Why, God, why did God invent prayer? Because you must believe in your heart. That's what the acknowledgement goes on here. And thank you, confess with your mouth unto salvation. Salvation means the sozo word, which means, listen, God has a path for every single crooked path in your life, crooked way in your life. He has a path through it. Thanks be to God who always leads me into triumph. Thanks be to God that always leads me, which means the space of that leadership comes to the space of acknowledgement in that place of cloudiness and frustration. Acknowledgement is stepping out with your words. You must speak it. You must speak it. I was talking to a great friend of mine who has gone through um, a separation, a divorce in his life. And, he, and, he, and the man of God, just, he's just a man of God. He goes, I really feel sometimes awkward that I can't speak into people, other marriages, and I can't really, I don't really have a voice inside of their life. And I looked at him, I said, so since when are we saved by works? I thought we we're all saved by grace. I said, look, at the, the truth of God's word isn't hanging in the balance of how smart you are or even how many times you've done it right. How many of, how many of you have done it wrong? Every one of us done it wrong. Some of us more than others. But you know what, I, I love how Paul said, he goes, I'm chief of sinner. You say, well, how in the world could Paul say that? Because he was said, look, it's not just what I've done wrong, it's the motive of my heart that's still wrong. There isn't one person in this room 
Maybe you've got all, maybe, I doubt it, but maybe you've got all your action points in the space of doing it right, but I guarantee your heart isn't. I guarantee there's spaces where your heart's like, I'd like to get even. I'd like them to get what they deserve. I'd like, I'd, I'd like to have a voice in that one, God. And God looks at the pure in heart, see God. And sometimes I go, God, I, I know I'm not seeing you. Please clean me of my impurity. Because the only reason I can't see you in this isn't because you don't want to show me. It's because I'm somehow coming to this space of thought and I'm impure in it. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 to 13, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my servant lies in bed, paralyzed, terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not even worried to have you come into my house. Just say the word. Just he acknowledges, just all you got to do is say it. I get it. And where you are, my servant will be healed. I know this because I am underneath the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say it, go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Here's this man who had such great faith because he had such great... Man, some of you, I just pointed, maybe it's because I was pointing. Because he had such acknowledgement. He got it. Here's this Roman, this, this man who just real, I get it. I'm a man under authority. I see Jesus, this authority. I acknowledge you that when you say it in heavens, things on earth move. Even though this looks impossible, even though I'm not even in the space where my servant is, all you gotta do is say it. I get that part of who you are. Matthew 9, 27, 30, we find another one. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along beside him, behind him shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked him, Do you believe I can make you see? What is Jesus asking? What's your acknowledgement? What do you believe? Yes, Lord, they told him, we acknowledge you. We believe. Then he touched their eyes, and they said, Because of your faith. What is their faith? They took a step of acknowledgement. You can do this, Jesus. You got this. Last of all, acknowledgement is stepping out with your actions. So it's not just your words, it's your actions. Okay? Some of us will get into that place where we'll say the right things, but our actions say something different. Recently, I was listening to this, this uh, radio, Christian radio station, and it busted me. You ever get to that place where God turn tunes you into something just because he goes you got this wrong and I'm it's time to turn up the conviction and it was about honestly it was about words words and you know I've seen the power of the tongue and I get it Proverbs 18 21 I've preached it but somehow through time I lost consciousness of how powerful that message is to my own heart and I was doing a check with my kids, my wonderful wife. And I was thinking, as I was hanging in the balance of that, going, God, I'm not doing this right. I'm sorry. I acknowledge you need to fill my heart and I need your strength. And I'm so sorry that here we are. I should be a lot farther than this one, Lord. And you've already talked to me about this before. We've been around this mountain before and I'm sorry that here we are, but I thank you 
that I was tuned into this radio station at this time and that I'm still, I can still hear your voice. You know when you're, you know when it's a bad space for your life? When you don't hear God telling you what's wrong with you. That's a bad space. It's a good space. Because see, when you get around perfect, how many of you are perfect? So when imperfect gets around perfect, the perfect, because it's perfect love, speaks encouragement and speaks, hey, I want to help your marriage. Hey, I want to help you with your kids. It's your tongue, Pastor Ron. You need to do a better job. And instantly you go, well, I'm doing better than they are. I'm doing it, you know, I, I'm, you know, how that defense mechanism, I know that none of you guys have the defense mechanism that Pastor Ron has, but pretend you do. My defense mechanism right away wants to justify and go, well, if, if they weren't, I wouldn't. And God goes, since when is their actions have anything to do with the acknowledgement of who I am in your life and that I want to bring pure water out of your vocal cord? God, I'm sorry. Acknowledging God. Would you please bow your heads? Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you that it's the first step and, and all of us have so many applications to this message today. Could be in our relationships, could be in our health, could be in our worship, even about to worship you. And, and we're restricted and we, we're all about what other people think of us instead of, who you are and the freedom to worship you. It could be in, in like you did with me in an area of my tongue and that you want, that you've taken me so far, I acknowledge that God, I'm, I'm nothing without you. And I'm so grateful for the steps that you've had and I'm even sorry for sometimes taking back steps. But thank you for your love. Thank you for your conviction that comes in the space of my life and loves me enough to point out areas not with judgment, but with desire and hope and passion to do it with you. As Pastor Chad said this morning, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, and putting a paracletes on me so I can get traction in my life. I want traction with my walk with you, God. I want traction in my God, in my marriage. I want traction with my kids and my grandkids. I want traction as a pastor. I want traction in my worship of you. I want traction, in God, in every word that would come from my tongue would be words, Father, that would be bridled. You said that, God, that a man that can't bridle his own tongue, his religion is worthless. God, I pray that my tongue would be bridled by you. That the words that would be spoken would be words that heaven and earth would connect and heaven and earth have a space of unity. If you're here this morning, your head's bowed, your eyes shut, and you don't know who Jesus Christ is, your Lord and Savior, and you're struggling with confessing or acknowledging Him as Lord, and yet right now, God is, your heart is racing because the presence of conviction is inside your heart. That's God present in your life, just like it was with that servant. There's presence of God in your life, and all you need to do is acknowledge Him as Lord. In a moment, we're going to pray. And in that prayer is acknowledgement. It's a first step of him confessing who he is in your life. So pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, 
I confess that I'm a sinner and that I need the forgiveness that Jesus paid for on the cross. I thank you that the Holy Spirit comes to live by the invite. And I invite you, Holy Spirit, to fill my life, to lead my life. I acknowledge who you are as Lord and Lord of all. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and worship our God. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.